Dissonance Media and the Other Stories presents Step into the abyss of After the Gloaming, a gothic fiction podcast that delves into the depths of human emotion. Unyielding love, revenge, internal struggles, and restless souls await you in nine haunting episodes where dread, fear, and rare glimpses of eerie happiness linger. Dare to listen on your favourite podcatcher? After the gloaming beckons, search now, but beware, innocence will be left behind. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online. And built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp H E L P. These aren't the stories your mother told you. No, these are the other stories. <laughs> The other stories would not be what it is without the incredible soundscapes and scores that are produced by a huge roster of astounding music makers all around the world. Today's composer is a guy called Kai Engel, or at least he goes by Kai Engel. He recently posted this on his website. Attention, since Russia attacked Ukraine, I'm not able to receive money to my Russian accounts. I cannot stop this invasion or affect the situation with my accounts. I just want to reunite with my wife in brackets, she is Ukrainian, and to continue my work. I've started preparing for immigration out of Russia. If you'd like to help by donation, you can do so by heading to boosty.to forward slash Kai Engel Music. Once again, that's boosty.to forward slash Kai Engel Music. Today's episode is The Hand of Glory, written by Georgia Cook and narrated by Alexandra Elroy. The wind whistled through Sylvia's hair as she wheeled eastward, riding an updraft over the bristling pine forests. Beneath her feet, the Appalachian mountains stretched on into eternity, a blanket of fog and trees punctuated here and there by isolated homesteads. A chill prickled Sylvia's arms, making her wish she'd worn more than her lycra uniform. Her wrist communicator beeped. She was here. Terraboy's last known location. Martin's last known location. Sylvia slowed, hovering just a few inches above the treetops, her boots clipping the thick green foliage. This spot looked no different from the thousands of miles before it. Another span of identical forest, deep and loamy dark, 
But the coordinates from HQ were certain. Every solar operative had a tracker embedded in the communication bracelet just in case, and here was when Martins had given out. Sylvia crested the treetops, then glided down towards a break in the trees, landing in a clearing no wider than the front lawn. A dilapidated log cabin occupied the edge of the clearing, its windows dark, its roof sagged and dimpled. If it had occupants, a hunter perhaps, one of the countless tiny communities sequestered among the trees, they were an excellent start. Perhaps they'd seen Martin. Sylvia crept to the porch, a set of wooden steps leading to a crooked front door. Slowly, tentatively, she reached for the handle. What you doing? Sylvia jumped. A girl stood on the grass behind her, staring at Sylvia with a mixture of fascination and wry amusement. She couldn't have been older than fifteen, with a pinched, thin-lipped face and wiry ginger hair. Sylvia swallowed, her heart pounding. Sorry, I, um... The girl's eyes widened, her gaze falling on Sylvia's uniform. Hey, you're one of those hero types, aren't you? Uh, yes, I suppose I am. What's your, uh... The girl wiggled her fingers, seemingly unfazed by a stranger on her front porch. Special name? Don't all hero types have special names? The Wren. The girl snorted. Wren? Like those tiny little fluttery birds? Sylvia felt her cheeks grow red. Yes. What you doing up here, little Wren? Now Sylvia knew she'd gone red. I'm looking for someone. Ain't gonna find many people in these parts. He's, uh... He's another superhero. Sylvia drew herself upright. He went missing somewhere close to this location five days ago. I've been sent to look for him. The girl put her head to one side, still grinning. And what's his name? The mouse? The tiny wiggling thing? Sylvia blushed harder, but this time not from embarrassment. Martin. Terraboy's name was Martin. He's dressed in green. No cape. Heavy black boots. It had all seemed so easy back at HQ. Fly to the mountains, find Marty, bring him home. She felt so important, allowed to deal with the reconnaissance mission all by herself. But the girl made it seem so ridiculous. Look, I'm I'm going to need to look inside. Is that okay? Sylvia motioned to the door. They'd all been taught civilian negotiation back at HQ, an initiative designed for the newest wave of heroes. Gone were the days of hapless destruction of city centres. Now it was all about public relations. The girl shrugged. Sure. Is there anyone here with you? Just Pa, but he's away. You're all alone? Sylvia's brow furrowed. Course not, silly. No? You're here. Oh, right. Sylvia took a deep breath, steeled herself and pushed open the door. The cabin was as dilapidated inside as out, small and cramped, with a low, dusty ceiling. Spiderwebs dangled in the gloom. Ragged curtains stirred in the breeze. 
Sticks of simple furniture, a rickety table, a battered chest of drawers, a bucket and mop propped in a far corner, only served to extenuate the emptiness. A braid of herbs hung from the wall, punctuated by the dried carcass of what looked like a pheasant. Sylvia averted her gaze. A tiny, dark doorway opened onto the cabin's second room. There were drag marks in the dust below it, as if something kept locked had recently been swung open. "'So what do you do, then?' asked the girl from behind her, with all your heroing. "'Uh, I fly,' Sylvia shifted uncomfortably, starting towards the second door. "'And nothing else? Not like super speed or laser eyes?' Something in the girl's tone cut through Sylvia's discomfort. She turned. "'You know an awful lot about superheroes,' she said. The girl shrugged. "'Pa taught me.' "'Right.' Sylvia turned. Something about the door at the back of the room unnerved her, like the shadow of a deep, dark tunnel, or a stretch of bottomless water. The room seemed to grow darker the deeper she moved. A sharp, fetid smell hung in the air. The room swung open with a creak. Sylvia peered inside. The room beyond was smaller than the first. A dusty window permitted a trickle of light across the floorboards, illuminating a double bed and a hobbled dressing table. A faded rug of multicoloured rags covered the floor. A set of work boots and a pair of children's shoes sat side by side beneath the dresser. Sylvia stood a moment, blinking in the gloom, before her shoulders slumped. What on earth had she expected? Some hero dungeon? A secret villain hiding in the mountains? She had to get a grip of herself. You ever heard of the Hand of Glory? Sylvia jumped. The girl had followed her to the door. It's an old thing. An old legend. Uh Uh-huh. Sylvia's skin prickled. She wanted to be out of here. She wanted the sky, the whisper of wind across her skin. It's the pickled hand of a criminal, hanged for preference. The fingers melted into candle stubs. The girl seemed to enjoy the ghoulishness of her story. Whoever owns it can steal anything from any place, because the candle burns only for them. That sounds terrible. Oh, it is. The girl nodded emphatically. But it's sort of like superpowers, ain't it? Powers for normal folk. Witchery. Uh, I I guess so. Sylvia shot a glance at the cabin doorway. The sky outside had already begun to darken. Clouds crested the treetops. Sorry for, uh, taking your time. She turned and hurried onto the porch, grateful for the burst of freezing air. She'd never liked enclosed spaces, and something about the cabin, with its wooden floors and growing shadows, nudged a deep foreboding in the pits of her stomach. She needed the skies. She needed the wind whistling through her hair. She needed to find Martin. Sylvia made to leap upwards and paused. A tiny garden lay at the back of the cabin. Grass and wild herbs waved in the breeze, and beside it, nestled in the shadows, a set of worn stone steps leading down. The cabin had a basement. Of course it had a basement. Sylvia glanced over her shoulder. The girl had followed her into the yard, watching from the steps with an amused expression. 
Sylvia took a deep breath. Keep it together. She was a professional. This was her job. It wasn't the towering spires of HQ or the burbling humdrum of the city, but she was still the Wren, still a licensed hero. She could do this. Martin was counting on her. She motioned towards the steps. So Sorry, I have to check everywhere. The girl merely smiled. Sylvia began the slow descent downward, grasping the walls for support. The thick wooden door at the bottom of the stairs opened with a push, swinging on silent hinges to reveal a deep black void beneath the house. Shapes hung in the gloom, clumped in corners, flung across the floor in dispassionate piles, lined in rows against the walls. A shine like pale leather glistened in the darkness. Sylvia stepped forward, her heart pounding, and reached for the nearest object. A coat of thick grey leather, seamed with clumsy black stitches, boots and gloves hung beside it. Handmade clothes. It was a workshop, a sewing room. A rickety workbench sat at the back of the cellar, heaped with shears and needles, scraps of discordant fabric, leather and froths of straggled fur. Funny thing, came a voice from the steps. Sylvia turned to see the girl's skinny silhouette blocking the doorway. We had a burden here last spring. Little thing, no bigger than my hand. Flew itself ragged trying to get out, but these cellars are built to last. Her teeth flashed white in the darkness. Sylvia steadied herself. Let me pass, she said. You're the one who came down here. Yes, and now I'm leaving. But I ain't even shown you my collection. Collection? Come on. The girl grabbed Sylvia's wrist, beckoning her deeper. But I can't. Come on. The girl led Sylvia towards a wicker barrel in the corner of the room, stored in the shadow of the workbench. It rose to Sylvia's waist, filled with ragged offcuts of fabric. Blues and reds and faded purples glimmered in the darkness. Pa lets me keep all the scraps, said the girl smugly. Some of them's a bit stained, but it washes right out. But Sylvia wasn't listening. A scrap on the top of the pile had caught her attention. A swatch of green lycra no larger than her palm. She turned it over, her heart pounding. On the underside, still golden in the gloom, was the start of a bright capital T. The breath caught in Sylvia's throat. Do you want to know what happened to the bird? Came the girl's voice. A shadow loomed over Sylvia, dominating in its absolution. What bird? Whispered Sylvia. She couldn't bring herself to move. The bird from before, silly. The girl's smile widened. We used its feathers for witching. Its little bones for future telling. Not as good as hero parts, of course, but that's for special occasions. Her eyes narrowed, surveying Sylvia with the expression of a connoisseur. I wonder what futures we could tell with your bones. Sylvia snapped from her daze. She spun, terror and outrage fueling her flight, and scrambled for the door. The little girl darted ahead, slipping through just in time to slam it shut in Sylvia's face. A metal bolt thudded home. Sylvia thumped her fists against the wood. Let me out! I swear to God! Just wait here, 
came the girl's voice. Pa'll want to see you once he's home. He's so awfully clever at making. Her footsteps turned and retreated up the steps, leaving Sylvia alone. Sylvia screamed and yelled, but it was no use. Unlike the cabin above, the cellar door stuck fast. She sank to her knees, struggling to calm herself. What could she... How, how on earth was she supposed to... Her communicator. HQ. She grabbed her wrist, ready to punch in her coordinates. Hello? Hello? Can anyone hear me? This is... She stopped. No lights flashed. No machinery word. Her communicator bracelet sat useless and silent. There was no signal here, deep below the earth. Was this how Martin had died? All alone? Trapped in the dark? Sylvia forced back a sob. It was impossible to tell the time in this hollow place, but the light seeping through door slats was already shrinking, growing pale and silvery black. Sylvia pictured the emptiness of the pine woods above. She pictured the glow of golden candlelight, sparse between the trees, lighting a path seen only by the holder. The hand of glory. If you could craft such magic from regular humans, what could you make from the bodies of superheroes? What gloves could you stitch from bulletproof skin? What structures could you build from unbreakable bones? If the mummified foot of a saint is sacred, what about those of superpowered beings, enhanced through science or magic or sheer force of will? What kind of magic would she make? Footsteps outside. Heavy footsteps. The clattering footfalls of an excitable child running to greet them. Muffled voices in the cabin above. Pa! Pa! A burst of laughter. Sylvia curled into a ball as the footsteps turned and thumped towards the cellar. I hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Other Stories. The Hand of Glory was written by Georgia Cook, narrated by Alexandra Elroy, edited by Carl Hughes with music by Kai Engel and Tom Robson, and sound effects provided by freesound.org. The episode illustration is provided by Luke Spoon of Carry On House. A quick thank you to our community managers, Joshua Boucher and Jasmine Arch, and to Carolyn O'Brien for helping with our submission reading. And of course to Ben Errington for his content loop-the-loops and double helixes he takes us on on his social media roller coaster. Scream if you want to go faster. Georgia Cook is an illustrator and writer from London. She's the winner of the LISP 2020 Flash Fiction Prize and has been shortlisted for the Bridport Prize, Staunch Book Prize and Reflex Fiction Award, among others. She can be found on Twitter at at Georgia Cooked and on her website www.georgiacookwriter.com Alexandra Elroy is a bilingual voice actress and writer who lives in the Netherlands. She loves everything to do with stories, especially creative and playful horror. Her favourite voices are witches, goblins and crazy computers. And when she is not voicing or writing, she directs plays that she adapted from classic novels such as Pride and Prejudice, Death on the Nile and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Would you like to have an episode of The Other Stories dedicated to you or someone you love or someone you hate? or maybe to a cause, or just to dedicate an episode to your favourite type of sandwich. Then get in touch over at theotherstories.net forward slash contact and let us know. 
Once again, that's theotherstories.net forward slash contact. The Other Stories is a production of the storage studio Hawk and Cleaver and is brought to you with a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial No Derivatives License. That means don't change it, don't sell it, but by all means share the hell out of it. Until next time. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quinn's is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.